Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we've got the last of our positional reviews for fantasy in 2020. We're going to review the top 20 tight end finishers in fantasy football Half point PPR, weeks one through 16, just like we've been doing for quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. This episode's dropping, I guess. I mean, you're already hearing it. You're probably listening to this on Monday. It's dropping on Monday, like normal. And um, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode, I think. We're actually recording this on Sunday. And later today, we're going to be putting out our live show NCAA tournament bracket reveal after the selection show for NCAA, the NCAA tournament for March Madness. So that's a lot of fun. I'm really excited for that. And I'm also excited to be here today for the top 20 tight ends. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. There's a lot of good sports stuff coming today. It's so oh, good yeah. to have March Madness back. And I know this is a fantasy podcast, but I feel like that might be a topic that we talk about a few times this show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, the select is like we're recording this right now. It's 1223 p.m. Eastern time as we speak. So the selection show is in less than six hours. Then after that, I mean, I guess you could go to sportscaster.com slash SG Sports Talk to watch us fill out our live brackets because we'll have already done that by the time this episode is released. But I mean, we haven't done it yet. And so I don't know what my bracket's going to, oh, I have some sort of an idea, but like you can't really get a full idea of the bracket until the bracket comes out because things change drastically. We're still sitting here and we've got like five conference tournament games that ha- or five conference championship games that haven't even wrapped up yet. Like the Patriot League is going on right now. We got the SEC later today, Big Ten, all of that hasn't even happened or is just starting. And it's really exciting because, I mean, March Madness is almost here after a year off. So fun good time of year and we're doing our brackets obviously like you said calvin later on our sports talk show so i can go sports talk man i'm so excited i every year i feel like i could be that like it could be that one really good bracket you know this is the year for me though i've had some bad yeah, brackets in the, the past there's been years in the past but this is it this, this is the one and you'll i mean you can just i guess it still won't be outdated we'll just be like if you want to go to like the the website again sports task sportscaster.com slash sg sports talk no e in sportscaster so it's s-p-r-t-s-c-a-s-t-r you can also follow us on twitter at sg sports talk click the link in the description and you can watch our most recent broadcast in which we'll have be we'll be recording because the selection shows from six to seven eastern we'll be on from seven to eight or we will have been already because you're listening to this after revealing our brackets and so i mean you can always it'll obviously be like immediately after the selection show but i mean you can definitely go back and watch it's not like you're going to be like it's not like we're recording before some major event because we're recording after the selection show. So I'd recommend you watch and uh, it should be fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can follow our podcast on Twitter at SGF pod. I'm at Calvin underscore SGF. Chris is at Chris underscore SGF on Twitter. And our live show is at SG sports talk, but we're going to get into tight ends after we have this, these two pieces of news before we get started. So franchise tag window, the franchise tag window has opened and we've had two big fantasy names already get franchise tagged. Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin are heading back to the Bears and the Buccaneers on at least a one-year deal. The two sides have until like July 15th to work out a long-term deal. And I think this is honestly pretty good for both of their fantasy values. I know people have always wanted Allen Robinson to get a quarterback, but his target share throughout his career has been absolutely enormous. And I mean, going to another team, he might not have that same opportunity just because he's the only guy there in Chicago. So I really think that, I mean, this is probably about as good as his fantasy value gets unless a quarterback comes to Chicago. 
So, I mean, I'm happy about this move for fantasy, even though Allen Robinson still doesn't have a quarterback who can consistently get him the ball accurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be the big thing for them. I mean, they're just going to have to hope to find that quarterback. Yeah, I think they've been linked in rumors for Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. um, maybe Deshaun Watson, who knows? I doubt yep. Seattle trades Russell Wilson, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then Chris Godwin, who is heading back to uh, Tampa Bay. I assume they will not re-sign Antonio Brown, or maybe they will. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's a, he's a guy that might just move on after this year. Although, since Tom Brady has taken a pay cut with his new contract, um, then maybe they choose to re-sign Antonio Brown. But Chris Godwin functions nicely in a wide receiver two role in that offense. I don't know if he'll, he's not going to repeat that season that he had in 2019, but he plays off of Mike Evans nicely and vice versa. I mean, I think the fantasy situation would be better if Antonio Brown doesn't re-sign. But I mean, if he, or if, but if he, um, if he does re-sign, it'll still be fine. But I think that it's definitely like going to be really nice if they have that just Evans, Godwin, and then Gronk combo in Tampa Bay for fantasy. Yeah, that that would be very, very nice. I mean, there's so many weapons in that offense. And it's hard to put Tom Brady low in rankings because of all the weapons he has. I think it was a great move to get Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. And I think think they very much do want to get that long-term deal. I think that he's definitely the better option over a guy like Antonio Brown. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Antonio Brown, not the same player he used to be, although he still can make he can still make defenders look foolish for sure. Although he's just he's not like that same dominant player Mm -hmm. that he used to be yep all right top 20 fantasy tight ends from 2020 this is on the uh, fantasy pros list from weeks one through 16 again it's in half point ppr we like to use a half point points per reception leagues instead of full point which we believe favor wide receivers and pass catching running backs too much and then standard because then it's just like you don't need to focus on wide receiver you can just go running back running back running back running back so um let's check it out weeks one through Mm -hmm. 16 Number one, Travis Kelsey averaged 17.4 fantasy points per game in the 15 games that we're tracking because we're not tracking week 17. 260.3 fantasy points, averaged 3.9 more fantasy points per game than the number two. Averaged 7.9 more fantasy points per game, or no, not 7.9 more because of George Kittle. He averaged seven, uh, sorry. Excuse me. He averaged uh, 6.9 fantasy points per game than the tight end four, 7.9 more than the tight end five. It's that's ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just that's a massive difference, and it just shows how valuable he can be as that tight end. Because unlike other positions, the top players really separate themselves, and there's only like I mean three tight ends that we're talking about that can really be top guys. You know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, his production is just so much better. It makes it so you don't have to spend waiver priority or fab on another player in free agency because you've just got your tight end except for his bye week. And you're, Travis Kelsey's as durable as they come. Obviously, George Kittle's had his share of injuries. And I mean, there's no one who really touched him last year. Darren Waller is obviously a great player, but I do think that, I mean, I also think Darren Waller is a nice selection in some of the earlier rounds of your draft. But I mean, Travis Kelsey definitely has a case to be a first round pick. And I think I have him as my number 10 overall player right now. I mean, I think in that late first round area is about where you should probably take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you there just because the separation difference at that position 
every single matchup, you're going to go in with a tight end advantage. And that's, I mean, that's so value, valuable in fantasy. And he's really a player that you can just lock down. You know who your tight end is going to be week after week. And that's just, it's all around just a really good thing to have him. And that makes him worth a high pick. I mean, he's really the only tight end that I can see going as high as the first round. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this is, it's ridiculous because like tight ends are so tough to rely on week to week. The difference between Kelsey and the tight end 12 was 9.2 fantasy points. 9.2. He scored more than double than Rob Gronkowski. And even Gronk, like he finished as the tight end 12. During the first half of the season, he burned so many fantasy managers. He wasn't even good. I mean, this is an average points per game, by the way, as that he finished as a tight end 12. He burned so many fantasy managers. You couldn't rely on him. And I mean, I guess he did actually play all 15 games. But like, if you're scoring more than double, then one of the guys who should presumably have been starting for a team because he's like the tight end 12 for like a majority of weeks. And you're scoring more than double that. It's just ridiculous. It ca- takes away the element of luck because you don't have to predict mm-hmm. like which tight end is going to do well and get lucky or unlucky with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that's exactly the reason that I think that Travis Kelsey, Kelsey's having him on your team is so valuable because you have consistency, but it's not like some low-level tight end consistency. It's the top tight end week after week pretty much for the most part. Yeah. I mean, if you want consistency but lower level, you could go to Darren Waller, who actually finishes the number two tight end. 13.5 fantasy points per game. He was in a tier of his own as well. I think that if the uh, Raiders don't add a major pass catcher, that target share should still be there for him. And, I mean, that's really what's kept him afloat, a really high target share. And fantasy managers were happy to see his touchdowns go way up this year. Touchdowns were concerned for Waller in his breakout year. He gets more this year, which is fantastic. He really played well. He had that huge game against the Jets. And, I mean, fantasy managers who drafted him were certainly happy with his performance in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's my tight end, too, just because George Kittle and, like, it seems that entire 49ers team and medical staff gives a lot of injury risk to the players Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm just not All right. Here, I mean, I think the one and two, it's like that. that's, I mean, obviously, so both those guys are so consistent, but number three is hit where we have a problem. Robert Tunyon averaged 9.5 fantasy points per game, finished as the tight end three. And I mean, he was definitely helped by an absolutely blow up game in week four, which he had 30.8 fantasy points. And he was also helped by his 11 receiving touchdowns. And Aaron Rodgers threw 48 this season with a 9.1% touchdown rate. And we mentioned this so much, but that's like the second highest touchdown rate. Like that's like about what Lamar Jackson's touchdown rate was a year ago. And we saw how much Lamar dropped off. So I think we should expect a drop off for Rodgers and his pass catchers. Um, Is Tunyon coming back to the uh, Packers? Do you know? (sighs) Um, let me check that actually. Let's see. I'm pretty th- sure he is. I think he signed an extension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh actually he's a restricted free agent. So yes, I assume he would come back. Yeah, so uh he's gonna enter the tight end market. He'll definitely gain some interest. I mean, after such a great season he had, but I don't know if he's necessarily gonna be some huge guy that a lot of teams are looking to get. Yeah, I agree. I mean And then he- we'll see. I mean I Really, the tight end is a luxury position for teams to have. The biggest focus is our quarterback, offensive lineman, and wide receiver. And so for most teams, they're not targeting a tight end. They'd much rather get some offensive line help. 
or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, definitely when you have a playmaker like Tunyon and another guy like uh, that we we're just talking about before the show, Hunter Henry, like, you know, the, it's interesting to see how tight end free agency goes last year because obviously last year we had guys like Austin Hooper sign and he very much underperformed, I'd say. And so it's going to be interesting to see what all these tight ends do and how, what teams they go to. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And I do think Tunyon resigns though, because I mean, I guess the restricted free agent tag means that the Packers can match any offer they get. And I don't, I doubt they're going to get a huge offer, but yeah, Tunyon is going to have some regression in fantasy for sure. He's probably a borderline top 10 fantasy tight end next year, but especially, I mean, the Packers, like they could potentially add Marvin Jones. If they do, that's going to seriously hurt Robert Tunyon. So I would avoid drafting him early. Some people are going to do that for getting about touchdown regression. So, I mean, I'm probably generally avoiding Robert Tunyon, but I mean, I wouldn't, if he drops for too long, you could go ahead and grab him because he's got Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number four, TJ Hawkinson, 9.2 fantasy points per game. He was as consistent as they come in the later part of the season. I mean, as consistent as tight ends come, he didn't obviously had his share of bad games, but he was a consistent pass catcher for Matthew Stafford. And I mean, I don't know if the change to Jared Goff makes too much difference for him, especially since Kenny Galladay is expect, expected to walk. Marvin Jones could walk. I think TJ Hawkinson is just a, like, he could be just, it's, he's just kind of like Darren Waller in the way that the more targets, the better. It doesn't really matter about the weapons taking pressure off of him because he just gets peppered with targets. And that's where his fantasy value comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I totally agree. That's a lot of what we're, you're looking for in Titans is just consistent targets and, that's something a guy like Darren Waller is definitely going to get. You know, he's just going to soak up targets, and that's what makes him so valuable. He's especially in half PPR and points for reception leagues. He's just an incredible player, and he's catches a few touchdowns too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he gets it definitely. He's not like lacking in that category either. Number mm-hmm. five, Mark Andrews. 10.5 fantasy points per game. He actually missed two games. And while Lamar Jackson doesn't throw the ball that much, Mark Andrews was the guy he threw it to when he did throw. So Andrews is a guy who you should definitely put a premium on. Maybe I'm trying to project where he, I, I don't know. I, I can exactly project it. Maybe he's probably going in the fifth or sixth rounds. I'd be fine with taking it because it does give you at least a good amount of tight end security. At, and which is so important because it like, it just frees up so much, so many other options to do with your waiver priority and your fab. You're not just spending it on dart throw tight ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And number six, moving right along. I think Mark Andrews is like a top five guy next year as well. Logan Thomas, mm-hmm. yeah. he's 8.6 fantasy points per game. He's actually ranked like near the end of fantasy drafts right now, which is kind of surprising to me. I feel like the consensus is that Washington's going to bring in another guy, but I doubt they bring in anything more than a blocking tight end because they don't really have like, they definitely have like Logan Thomas is a fine pass catcher. I feel like if they're going to target a pass catcher, they'll probably get like Curtis Samuel as a wide receiver, but they, what they really need is a blocking tight end because they don't have a tight end on that roster who can consistently block. So they, that's the more of the sensible move for me. And I think Logan Thomas should continue to soak up some targets. And while he is pretty old, 29, he's going to turn 30 later this offseason. Because he had that late breakout age and because tight ends usually survive pretty far into the career, their careers, I think like he's a good option. And for example, Dynasty as well, because he's got he's probably got a few more years of success. And it looks like Ron Rivera is building something good over there in, in Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely like Logan Thomas. I mean, he had a huge breakout season, a former quarterback out of Virginia Tech really did a lot and uh, I don't see why they would stop using him I would agree that I think that you could very well see them bring in 
maybe a veteran blocking tight end. I mean, you look down the list of tight ends, it's not too great or anything. I mean, got guys like Ross Dwelly, you know. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Seals Jones, Mo Alley Cox, those kind of guys, Richard Rogers even. Maybe they bring in one of those guys, but I don't expect anything massive to happen. You know, you got Mercedes Lewis, all these guys. And <laughs> is it Mercedes Lewis like really old though? Like they're yeah, 30. I don't even know if he's still playing. Late, yeah. I mean, I think he may have retired. I don't know. He kind of yeah. I don't. I, I was just looking up a list of uh, for agent tight ends. You went went out with a whimper over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good career, Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had an incredible uh, career, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of different tight ends and I think that you can definitely expect Washington to maybe acquire a smaller guy that they can have block but nothing too big I wouldn't expect Mm -hmm. all right number seven Mike Gesicki nine fantasy points per game in 14 games but he definitely had a drop off of play when Tua Tagovailoa was his quarterback rather than Ryan Fitzpatrick and with the Dolphins linked to maybe bringing in a wide receiver drafting Jamar Chase or bringing in Aaron Jones I mean, a lot of people are on that Gesicki hype train, but I think we've seen plenty. We've had plenty of chances multiple years now where it's been like Gesicki breakout season and it's never happened. He had a decent season this year, but with Tua, unless Tua like really takes a step up, like a Josh Allen kind of step up, I don't see Gesicki being like a dominant force at tight end. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Gesicki too much either. There's just too much competition there. And we saw that Tua didn't like to throw to him too much. I think this Dolphins offense is starting to evolve away from the tight end especially once they acquire a good wide receiver. I think that's going to be their their main game is throwing to guys like Devontae Parker, you know, Devontae Smith, uh, Preston mm-hmm. Williams, all those different guys. I think that's going to be more what they're looking to do. And I think just think that Mike Kosicki is going to get slowly flushed out of the offense. He's still a borderline tight end one, in my opinion, but I definitely am not too high on him. He's not a guy that I'm targeting in drafts. Yeah, me either. I, would, I mean, generally, I'm probably avoiding him as well. Number mm-hmm. eight, Rob Gronkowski. fantasy points per game in 15 games. He is committed to returning next year. And over the, I think we can sort of disregard that first half of the season where he was just so bad because Bruce Arians was trying to force Brady into the Bruce Arians offense instead of building the offense around Brady. And I mean, Brady and Gronk, Gronk hadn't played football in a year or he took a year off of football. So he had definitely to get, he needed some time to definitely get used to Brady. But once like, or not used to Brady, but used to like the offense, used to football again. But once Brady started throwing to him, he played a lot better. He was very good. And I expect him to be like a solid tight end one as well next year. Probably maybe solid to low end is where I'm going to rank him. But um, he's definitely, I think he's got at least one more year, probably one more year at least left in him. And I think he'll probably play. It's nice to see that Brady got extended for another year. So he's got two years left on his contract because Feels I feel like Gronk's just going to play as long as Brady plays, and as soon yep. as Brady's gone, he's gone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally am with you here, and I think that that's what we're going to be seeing next year. Gronk is a free agent, but I expect him to be back. I don't see him playing with another team or anything. Yeah, and he said yeah, I, I, he's not going to leave Brady. That, Brady's the reason he returned to football, let's be honest. Yeah, if, if Brady's the reason that he re- unretired from football, don't be expecting him to go somewhere new. He's, I think he's a pretty honestly safe floor kind of guy. Like It sounds kind of crazy mm-hmm. for a guy like Gronk who's getting old, you know. Can't really trust him, but I feel like he has a pretty safe floor. You kind of know what you're getting. I think he's going to be a solid tight end. Yeah, I agree. All right, number nine, Janu Smith played 13 games, 9.1 fantasy points per game, but he really struggled. He was like the opposite of Gronk, really struggled in the second half of the season, especially when, when A.J. Brown returned. And, I mean, I definitely know that fantasy uh, – 
players are hoping that Jonu Smith moves on from the Titans in free agency because that's a really bad situation for him. And he's such a talented player, but he just wasn't getting a good target share. I could see, like, I mean, depending on the right situation, like the sky's the limit for Jonu Smith. If Hunter Henry leaves uh, LA and they replace him with Jonu Smith, with Justin Herbert, Oh man, I'm gonna be loving that. That's gonna be a Johnny Smith will be a fantastic breakout pick. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's much of an option because I think if we do see a tight end go to the Chargers, it's gonna be a guy like Hunter Henry. But it's definitely it's I think it would be him going back. But it's definitely an option. And yes, I agree with you, mm-hmm. Calvin. That would be a dominant combo. Dominant. I, yeah, I mean, I kind of just want to see it. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Johnny Smith, all we need in uh, LA. And let's write Al Sneckler out of the offense already. He, I mean, he's a good player. He's a really good player. He's an excellent pass catcher, but he's way overrated for fantasy next year. I understand that. Why is Austin Eckler overrated? Injury risk. And I mean, he's never, uh, yes, he can run between the tackles, but he's not like a workhorse type of player. And I just don't see the amazing target share that everyone else is hoping for. I see a really, really good target share. I see one that's top in the league, but people are expecting, I feel like otherworldly numbers from Austin Eckler. And you can't really do that. And I feel like they're not though. People just are expecting RB one numbers, you know? Well, you oh, have him as like RB six ahead of Alvin Kamara. So you're expecting like running back. Huge... We saw that because he threw to Justin Jackson so many different times. And, I mean, they definitely – they're not some big go-getter deep ball offense. They tend to run it a little bit shorter. And I just feel like Austin Eckler is a perfect fit for what they want to do with Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, he's a good fit, but he's – at the same time, he's not that guy that's going to get insane amounts of touches. Okay. We'll see. Number 10, Jimmy Graham. We can just skip over him. Number 11, he's fantasy irrelevant next year. Number 11, Hunter Henry. Played 14 games, 8.2 fantasy points per game. He was quite solid when he was on the field. Pretty consistent. And, I mean, it'd be nice if he came back just to settle into that role in L.A. But if he leaves, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good destination for Hunter Henry. Indianapolis? I mean, they always like to use multiple tight ends over there. So I don't know if I love that. But if they commit to Hunter Henry with a big deal, then that might be pretty nice because they don't really have too many pass catchers over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might. Yeah, that does make sense. That would be that would be an interesting combination. Yeah, I mean Indianapolis does have a lot of cap space as well. That's that's mm-hmm. what makes it good as well. Yeah. All right, number twelve, Eric Ebron, who's presumably get, he, it looks like he's going to get Ben Roethlisberger back for one more year. Mm. And with Juju Smith-Schuster likely to leave in free agency, I feel like Eric Ebron could put up low-end tight end one numbers again. I mean, there's not too much to analyze with him. He's a good player, good red zone threat. And Ben Roethlisberger does like to throw to him from time to time. Yeah, I love so with- Eric Ebron just as a nice, safe pick. I think he's going to finish as a top tight, 10 tight end, especially as uh, Ben Roethlisberger gets older. I don't see why they, why they would take him out of the offense all of a sudden. I just mm. think that his floor is so nice going to be so consistent i think that he's a really nice fit for that offense especially one that i don't think he's going to be as high powered i think they're going to have to look for the tight end a little bit more just with uh juju smith schuster gone and that's just going to lead to more targets for him and that was his big problem last year he wasn't getting a ton of targets he was getting a lot of red zone targets but not a ton of just normal targets and i think that uh i think that we'll see things get better him yeah i agree i mean he's ranked as tight end 21 on fantasy pros for next year which is really low if he already finished his tight end 12 and juju's gonna leave then i mean i think we're i think it's less target competition is good for him for sure Mm -hmm. yep number 13 noah fant 14 games 
8 fantasy points per game. And people are going to be riding the Noah Fant breakout train talking about, um, uh, I don't know, I've seen the narrative that he is just as good as TJ Hawkins, and maybe he is talent-wise. But first of all, he has Drew Locke as his quarterback versus TJ Hawkins and as Jared Goff. Second of all, he's also got Jerry Judy in the offense as a wide receiver. Third of all, people forgot about Cortland Sutton missing the entire season, who's literally an alpha wide receiver one. And, and they've also, like, Drew Locke has liked to throw to KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. All of those weapons, there's a lot of guys that Drew Locke does like to pretty consistently throw to. So it's going to be tough. To, I think Noah Fant's a good player. He's going to be a top 12 tight end next year. But I would, I'm probably going to be a little bit lower on him than most people are who are, like, predicting him to break out. Yeah, I just don't think he's that talented of a tight end. That's my big thing with him. I mean, I think the talent was there in college. It's just... Yeah, well, but he hasn't shown any of that in the NFL. It's been just a function of the system and him getting a few targets a game. I just don't think that he's that talented, and I think he's in a very good situation, but I just don't don't love him as a player, and I think that that's going to hurt his fantasy value, at least in my eyes. I mean, if you think he's talented, then I think that he should be a really good tight end on your list, but I just don't think he's that good. And, I mean, a lot of times people don't think about talent. Like, this sounds kind of crazy. But sometimes I feel like people forget about talent in fantasy. Like, they think, oh, it's a <laughs> running back in this situation. They've got to be good. But if they're not like that Chase talented, Edmonds. they'll struggle. Like, exactly, like Chase Edmonds. Why do you think Chase Edmonds isn't talented? Like, in, he in- is talented as a pass catcher. He's not a workhorse back like you think he is. I mean, when he's been a workhorse, he's been he's really good. He's not been good. What do you mean? He was good with having fresh legs when he came in for like two games. That doesn't count. Okay, we'll see, Calvin. I think that Chase Edmonds is going to be a really good back next year. And Calvin, he's always wrong with these Cardinals backs, guys. Last year he was wrong. Oh, oh! He'll be wrong about Chase Edmonds. Oh, man. Can you, Drake? I don't want to think about that anymore. But I mean, the upside for Noah Fant, though, is that he was an early first round pick pretty early and he also it's like tight ends usually don't break out in their first season like even a guy like Kyle Pitts isn't likely to break out in his first season or I mean like but he is Mm -hmm. sort of hitting that breakout window so I mean I do understand liking him to an extent but I'm not going to be like targeting him in drafts next year in particular yeah I agree Mm -hmm. number 14 Hayden Hurst he was a guy who had a safe floor last year but you don't need to put a premium on a guy with a safe floor even though Arthur Smith is coming in and his offense like if scheme does like to feature tight ends i and Hurst's role may increase i mean there's no need to put a huge premium on a guy who just has like a safe floor but no really upside yeah i feel a little bit differently about Hayden Hurst i think he's a really sneaky talented tight end that in a tight end heavy offense i think he could sneak into a nice top 10 role next season yeah, I mean, I, I guess he could. Maybe, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say you don't need to put a premium on. You don't need to put a premium on him, but he is a guy that I wouldn't mind drafting next year, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't mind he's either. I think people upside. forget about him uh, just just a little bit. I think they don't really understand the extent of what he did with the Ravens and how that could translate if he got more, more of a workload. So I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he's not like top five upside for me, but maybe top 10. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think he fits into it's, the top 10. Very easy to be a top 10 fantasy tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. And I feel like he has the talent to, I mean, especially, like you said, in a market that's easy to get into as a top 10 tight end. I think that he can definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like I'm looking on this list. So it looks like there's like four different tight ends that we should probably talk about. There's a couple we can skip over. Evan Ingram, number 15. Um, I mean, he has bricks for hands. 
but he averaged 7.1 fantasy points per game. And the, the I think Joe Judge or somebody with the Giants has said they can want to continue using Evan Ingram. So he only played, oh, he did play all 15 games. He actually finished his tight end 15. That's way worse than I thought. He should definitely be drafted and he'll give you some production, but I think we've already seen the extent to which his upside will go to. Mm-hmm. I think he should be drafted as a top 10 tight end. Sure. Yeah, I'll t- that's fair. Because I think that he has the talent, and I just think that there were a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in this Giants offense. I mean, honestly, he was one of the biggest focuses for defense on this Giants offense, too, just because they don't have many weapons. The Giants can find a way to get a, a wide receiver either through the draft or through free agency. That would be huge for their uh, for production of Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. All right, number 16, Dalton Schultz. Blake Jarwin's coming back from an ACL. You don't need to worry about him. Number 17, Tyler Higby. Uh, I don't know. Gerald Everett's leaving maybe in like the last round of your draft. But other than that, you don't need to really worry about Tyler Higby. Yeah, Gerald. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Higby could be interesting because, I mean, he, we saw what he could do. And uh, Calvin, you were really high on him last year. <laughs> like tight end six. And I had him at tight end six. So I was a little bit too high on him too. But he just didn't really perform. He didn't have as big of a role in that offense as we expected. And Gerald Everett took some touches. I've been reading a lot into Gerald Everett because I have him on my uh, dynasty team. And it sounds like he's commanding, like, he's a lot of teams are interested in him as to play a tight end one role. So I think he's the more interesting guy to see that we saw from the Rams last year because he's young and a lot of teams value him very, very highly, apparently. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what comes with him. All right. Number 18, Jared Cook. The Saints cut him. He's just about done. He's 34 years old. Don't need to worry about him until further notice number 19 yeah. though dallas goddard zach Ertz. uh wait why do i just wait hold on he he was injured for so much this season well yeah i know but like you were right that like dallas goddard did take over zach Ertz for some reason i had thought zach Ertz had already been traded but it looks like the eagles are gonna trade him or maybe cut him maybe he'll be a ca- casualty but you mm-hmm. were right that dallas goddard took over from zach Ertz. and without Ertz, if jalen hurts can make this offense take off i feel like goddard has really nice potential next year Mm-hmm. Yep, I I definitely agree. I think that especially with just all these new moving parts, you know, I feel like Dallas Goddard could kind of stand out as that one thing that's that becomes really consistent for the Eagles. And he is so talented. Oh my goodness, he's a talented tight end, and I think that's gonna really help him. The Eagles love to use the tight end too. We've seen that with Zach Earth and Dallas Goddard. So I don't see anything wrong. I love that they brought back Doug Peterson for Goddard. There's a lot of good things to like about him. And honestly, he's definitely a, probably a top eight tight end for me next year. Interesting. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I definitely like the pick. Let's see where he is on fantasy pros just to get an idea of the, his consensus. Tight end seven. So, yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. that's not even like really that bold compared to where everyone else has him. Yeah, we'll see where I end up ranking him. I got to put all my tight ends together and then figure things out. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been working on our rankings as much because we've been busy. But I think once like once um, the busyness workload gets down, I'll probably get doing some worky profiles, but my main work on rankings will be after the draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same here. Number 20, George Kittle, because he was hurt, only played seven oh. games, averaged 13 fantasy points per game. When he's on the field, he's just as good or maybe even better than Darren Waller. But I mean, he's just been hurt a lot. And while he's a tough player, I don't trust that 49ers medical staff. So, I mean, he could be really good, but it's kind of risky. So I think he's a good, he's good slotted in as the tight end three but i'm not going to put him as the tight end two even though that is his consensus i'm going to still say he's the tight end two for me just because when he is on the field he is so valuable and i think that if he stays out of injuries then he'll be huge for that team 
though I wouldn't disagree if you took Darren Waller over him just because I feel like Darren Waller you can trust a little bit more. George Kittle, definitely the higher ceiling, though. All right. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I think that's a good good way to put it. A good, like, it, Waller is definitely the safer option, but Kittle's definitely the higher option. Yeah. And, and Waller I mean, could definitely see definitely. His tight end 20 finish. Don't let that discourage you from taking him as a top three tight end for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I th- I do think Waller has some potential that maybe if they add a guy to ma- regress, but as of right now, he's my tight end too. Yep. All right, that's it for the show. If you uh, have questions about fantasy football, you can contact us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF. Follow our podcast for updates at SGF Pod. Follow our live show for updates at SG Sports Talk. And uh, if you follow us on Sportscaster, click the link in the Twitter description or go to sprtscastr.com slash sgsportstalk. You can be notified when we go live. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Turn on those notifications, follow us. And uh, we always turn on, like when we're doing the streams, we can pick like, do you want to notify your followers when you go live? We always do. So um, make sure to check that out. If you have questions, you can also email us secondgoalfantasy at gmail.com, secondgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. And you can find our rankings and rookie profiles and articles, which I actually haven't posted in a while, but maybe we'll get back to posting some of those. Sites.google.com slash view slash secondgoalfantasy. Um, all right. I guess that's it. Did I miss anything? Good show. Very yeah. good show. Awesome. Good. Good, good show. I actually tight ends are such an interesting position because if you pick a good one, that can really help your team and separate it from a lot of the other teams in your fantasy league. Yeah, it's also such a fluky position as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I mean, so... or go ahead. But... What? <clears throat> that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I definitely uh, like you said, Calvin. It's fluky, so you have to really. I mean, honestly, you have to be bold with your tight end picks. And I mean, I've had a few years where tight ends haven't worked out for me, so uh, we'll see. <laughs> It's always an interesting position to watch. Yeah, and it's always the position that everyone's like, this year there's some nice sleepers, and it never is. never works out. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I mean, we've had like sort of a schedule going for these shows. I mean, I I guess as we're wrapping it up, that I'll mention this, but I don't think, Chris, we know what we're doing next week. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't think we have a schedule for next week. So we'll let you know. We'll think of something, but we don't know what we're doing next week exciting mystery you have to tune in next monday to check it out thank you for Mm -hmm. listening and we will see you next time